What is up, Houdat Nation? Christmas, welcome to the Straight Up Saints podcast. Back here to talk about basically the latest stuff going on with the Saints. We have a Jameis Winston injury scare. We have some recent Michael Thomas discourse going on on Twitter that I want to address. And we also have expectations to talk about with the preseason coming up with the regular season just about a month away how good can this new orleans saints team be i'll talk about all that here on boo crew media straight up saints podcast you're listening to the straight up saints podcast So let's just jump right into it and talk about Jameis Winston before we get to Michael Thomas, because that's kind of be the main kind of course here for this particular edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Jameis Winston this Monday suffered an injury in practice. At first, they said it was a foot injury and they said he tweaked it. Then someone said he rolled his ankle. Then they corrected it and said that it is a foot injury. So far, it seems like it's nothing major. We'll keep you know tabs on that because Jameis Winston's health will be crucial to this New Orleans Saints team. Obviously, if they're going to get to where they want to go, and that is obviously being a Super Bowl caliber team, they're going to need their starting quarterback there, obviously. And I know they did add a uh, trustworthy veteran in Andy Dalton as their backup, but it's a totally different dynamic. You kind of bring Andy Dalton in because you're saying, hey, God forbid Jameis Winston misses a few games, hold, hold down the fort. You're not really anticipating him playing all 17. So don't worry about that yet. Seems like so far it is a minor injury for Jameis Winston. If anything changes, I'll be here to talk about it and kind of readjust. But for now, I don't really want to go too much into it because I don't want to really you know, stir up panic over something that I don't think really needs to be a panic type of situation. And for more, obviously, you can check out John Hendricks' video he dropped here for Puku Media's YouTube page. He talked about Jameis Winston's injury a little bit more in depth. And John kind of went over what he saw at Monday's practice with Jameis and kind of how that all unfolded. So definitely check that out if you have time. Now, let's just jump in to Michael Thomas and discuss what the potential is for him going into this season. What can we expect out of the new season? And I at first really didn't even want to go into this conversation because sometimes it comes it becomes a little repetitive, right? Talking about Michael Thomas and when he's healthy, how good he is and what he brings to the table because we all know. If you're a Saints fan, you know what he brings to the table. And even if you're not an NFL uh, Saints fan, if you're just a fan of another team, you can lie to yourself and make the slant boy jokes and stuff like that, but you know what he brings to the table because if you weren't threatened or annoyed by his production, you wouldn't spend so much time mocking him. We don't talk about people who aren't polarizing because they're not polarizing. Michael Thomas is that, and that's why even when people aren't on his side, they'll talk about him frequently. So today on First Take, they talked about whether or not he could be a top 10 wide receiver again. And their whole crew basically said no. And they kind of listed the reasons why. And I have no problem with people saying they don't think he could become a top 10 wide receiver, be a top 10 wide receiver again, because everything of this nature is subjective in terms of whether or not you think that person can be a top 10 wide receiver. But when you give your reasonings, that part, that should be objective. Because once you get into the talk where it's hypotheticals and I don't know if I like this and I don't know if I like that, now all of a sudden it's your personal opinions and, and your beliefs and your predictions, that's seeping in to your ultimate idea of someone. And I think for Michael Thomas, when you talk about what he can be this year, remember what he was and remember what he was with who was throwing the football to him. And I think that's an important part, right? So when they're talking about it on first take, and I, I'm personally not one to care about first take, but I know a lot of Saints fans are talking about it today on Twitter, so I figured I'll chime in. Chris Russo, a.k.a. Mad Dog, 
or as people are calling him now, you know, dollar store Skip Bayless, there he's talking about why he doesn't believe Michael Thomas will be a top 10 wide receiver. And he's listing and he's very defiant about how he doesn't think he could be that. Says, well, no Drew Brees coming off the injury, no Sean Payton. Who's throwing him the football? We don't know. The beauty in my eyes to what made Michael Thomas so impressive over the course of his Saints career so far was the fact that, yes, did it help that Drew Brees was throwing the football? Absolutely. Why would it not help if a Hall of Famer is throwing you the football? Why would it not help if an offensive play caller like Sean Payton's drawing up the plays? Of course that helps. But Michael Thomas proved in 2019 and then proved in 2020 that he's quarterback proof. It's just people don't want to look into it and they don't want to address it because that hurts their narrative. Because it's your narrative to say he all, all he does is run slants, and it's your narrative to say that Drew Brees made him. But if you go into the numbers, you'll see that is not entirely the case at all. It's the reverse. In 2019, Drew Brees missed a decent chunk of games because of that thumb injury. You guys all remember it. You guys have all the Andrews Pete photos of him looking back while Aaron Donald's just shredding up that thumb of Drew Brees. Michael Thomas didn't miss a beat. In that Rams game, Brees got hurt in the first quarter. Michael Thomas had 10 catches for 89 yards. That was with Bridgewater. The next couple of games with Bridgewater, five catches for 54 yards and a touchdown, nine catches for 95 yards, 11 catches for 182 yards and two touchdowns, eight catches for 89 yards, and the final game of Bridgewater, nine catches, 131 yards. I rattled off all those numbers, and that pretty much line up with what he was doing in 2018 with Breeze, 2017 with Breeze, and that's with Bridgewater. And 2020... Oh, it was a nightmare year. And we all talk about it with the injury and how much time Michael Thomas missed. And even when he did play, there was rumors about what was going on. He had four games with Taysom Hill. He had nine catches for 104 yards, four catches for 50, nine catches for 105, and eight catches for 84. That is with Taysom Hill, who I'm sure every analyst that is on TV today, kind of giving off their hot takes and whatever, would say Taysom Hill's not even a quarterback. So with a guy who's not even a quarterback in their eyes, Michael Thomas still had two 100-plus-yard receiving games in just a four-game stretch with his ankle absolutely torn to pieces. Those are good numbers. That should help your argument. And how about this, which came out over the weekend, and every time this stat comes up, I love to share it because I think when we talk about something like this, context is important. Most career games with 10-plus receptions. Antonio Brown has the most at 23 in 146 games. Andre Johnson, 22 in 193 games. Devontae Adams, 19 in 116 games. Michael Thomas has 18, which is fifth, excuse me, fourth all-time for most games with 10-plus receptions. He's fourth all-time with 18. 70 games played. Antonio Brown has five more games with 10-plus receptions. In 76 games, played more than Michael Thomas. The numbers are there. If you want to ignore it, that's fine. But when you go into an argument like that, you need to have some type of argument that's actually sufficient. Because listing off that you don't know who's thrown in the football, which, by the way, I just showed you, it doesn't really matter with a guy like Michael Thomas. And saying, Sean Payton's not there. Okay, cool. The offensive coordinator who's been there for over a decade and Pete Carmichael, he's still there running the offense. That matters. And then if you're going to go out and say you don't believe Michael Thomas is going to be top 10 because you think other wide receivers out there are going to be better, like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, who, A, do they have a proven quarterback? I'm not so sure. I'm, I, whether or not you like him or not, Jalen Hurts is going to be in that kind of unfortunate news cycle of is he the answer for Philly? Do they have to go another option? That's going to be talked about all season long. 
And then DK Metcalf, he's dealing with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. So I'm not even going to pay any attention to that. There's no quarterback there. And he's got Pete Carroll running the show, who we know that offense has been running a 20, a 2000s offense for the last five years. So I think when you're going to start making this argument, sure. I don't know if Michael Thomas will ever be able to get up to that 2019 status of being the top dog, right? Because I look around the league, Devontae Adams is doing his thing and Cooper Cup's doing his thing and Debo Samuel's doing his thing. But I would take Michael Thomas over DK Metcalf. I would take him over AJ Brown. I would take him over Keenan Allen. As much as I love Terry McLaurin, I love Terry McLaurin. I would take a healthy Michael Thomas over him, no problem. Take a healthy Michael Thomas over CD Lamb, an Amari Cooper, a bunch of wideouts. And this isn't a knock on these wideouts. It is a testament to who Michael Thomas is when he's healthy. So outside of maybe Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, your Jamar Chases, your Justin Jeffersons, don't really come to the table and say, this guy's definitely better than Michael Thomas because it's all a health thing now for MT. If he's healthy, he's going to produce. And and this idea that, well, the offense is different now, they got to spread out the football. I've seen an offense that Jameis Winston's led with two 1,000-yard receivers, with a bunch of other guys getting there, 600 yards here, 500 yards there, 400 yards there. They can spread out the football. They won't have to worry about it. And when Michael Thomas is your top receiver, it all funnels in after him. He'll get his, and then it trickles down to who's going to get theirs. So when I see these arguments about why he can't be a top 10 wide receiver, please, please have some type of factual evidence that makes your argument seem legit. And the other issue, the people, the same people, who will tell you that Michael Thomas cannot be a top 10 wide receiver anymore because he's been injured, he's missed so much time, the, the league's catching up, that's cool. But when you make your top 10 running backs list, don't have Christian McCaffrey in your top three then because it's the same situation, right? We haven't seen them since 2019 actually making plays. So don't have double standards because I've noticed that is a big thing on, on with football Twitter, with football analysts for sure. Talk about running backs, Christian McCaffrey's always ranked towards the top and I never see him on Sundays. And yeah, I haven't seen Michael Thomas on Sundays in a good bit. But when I, when I see wide receivers rankings, never see him in the top 10 anymore. It's interesting how that works. So remember, context is important. Double standards, not a fan of that at all. So when I look at Michael Thomas and I see that every single day at practice, he's getting better. He's feeling way more comfortable today than he's ever felt on that ankle. And the comfort level continues to grow day after day, week after week. You go into season one, uh, into uh, week one of uh, the 2020, uh, 2022 season, excuse me. And I can't help but think that he's going to go back to what he used to be or somewhat close. That's who he is. It's in his DNA. We have never seen Michael Thomas outside of 2020, which he missed so much time because of the ankle injury, not have 1,000 yards in a season. If you take out that 2020 year, his worst season was as a rookie. And he was damn great as a rookie. Pushed Brandon Cooks out of town because that guy couldn't stand not being wide receiver one. So I think all that type of stuff is really important. And I get it. Michael Thomas has missed a lot of time. But if he's healthy, he's going to make some noise. And if Michael Thomas is healthy, and Jameis Winston, of course, we get good news on the ankle, this team can make a lot of noise. And that brings me up to my second point. I have seen over the last couple of weeks, Saints fans get super, super frustrated when everyone mentions New Orleans and what they could be and what they might not be. The first thing they bring up, Sean Payne's not there. How do they look? And I get it. Like, part of it is an important question because Sean Payne's been there since 06, and it's a new era, right? And Dennis Allen's taking over, and he's got the keys to the car, and you want to see how he operates, how he kind of drives with his hands on the wheel. And I get that. 
it's totally normal to look at the Saints and be like, I want to see how Dennis Allen looks before I really go in on, yeah, they're a contender. I'm cool with anyone saying that. What the difference is, though, lately, when people talk about Sean Payton not being there, they act as if Sean Payton left and all the talent that on that was on that roster left with him. Yes, the Saints do have to find a way to replace the hole left behind from Teron Armstead. That cannot be ignored. And yes, the Saints did lose Marcus Williams and they did lose Malcolm Jenkins. One of them, granted an all-time fan favorite type of player, Malcolm Jenkins was towards the tail end of his career. Marcus Williams, he's kind of entering his prime. That's hard to replace, don't get me wrong. But the Saints brought in Marcus May. They brought in Tyler Matthew. They drafted Alante Taylor. They kept P.J. Williams. They, they didn't let this, this secondary just go to waste. They, if anything, bolstered the depth of their secondary and still have a talented unit there. How about the wide receivers? Sean Payton left. Wide receivers started coming in. And I'm not saying wide receivers didn't want to play for Sean Payton's offense because, trust me, they would want to play in Sean Payton's offense if you see the numbers that they put up in his scheme. But for the last couple of years, he kind of had a different approach to wide receiver. He thought he could get away with bargain bin shopping, and you can't do that in today's NFL. Look at the Bengals. Look at the Rams. The last two teams that made the Super Bowl, wide receivers everywhere. Look at the Chiefs. Look at the Buccaneers. Two years ago, the two teams that made the Super Bowl, wide receivers everywhere. The Bucs had Godwin and Evans and still brought in Antonio Brown. You need wide receiver talent. Wide receivers today are more important than they've ever been in the NFL today because of the passing game that we're in. Sean Payton didn't want to do that. And I'm not here to rip Sean Payton because anyone who's listened to me knows how highly I think of Sean Payton. And that's why when I talk about the Saints potentially trading him, they better get a good return because you almost can't put a value on a coach as good as him. That said, let's not act like he was the perfect coach and let's not act like the Saints' last few flaws weren't a little bit his fault. And that doesn't mean the Saints are going to be better because he's gone. We don't know. We really don't know. But it's important when we have the grand scheme conversation of how good the Saints team can be, remember that the roster's there. Now it's up to Dennis Allen's vision coming into fruition and this team staying healthy. But this team did not have wide receiver talent last year. That was on Sean. This team the last couple of years, as good as they were, kept losing in the playoffs. You can blame whoever you want. You can blame Drew. You can blame Sean. You can blame uh, unlucky situations. You can blame the refs. Blame whoever you want. The team still, unfortunately, didn't reach the ultimate goal of winning a Super Bowl. And for everyone, that's what it is at the end of the day, right? That's why I talk about this team. That's why you talk about this team. And we talk about expectations and stuff because there's one thing on your mind. That's the Super Bowl. So as good as Sean was the last four or five years and as good as this team was, unfortunately, whatever the circumstances were, whatever unlucky bounce it got, whatever bad break, whatever bad call, it just didn't happen. And when I hear from Nick Vanette that the energy's different, and I see Ian Rappaport say that something different, there's something different about the Saints team this year. I'm looking around, and I'm not saying getting rid of, uh, not having Sean anymore is great. But let's not act like Sean left and this team's left for dead. There's still talent there. And I know people are quick to bury this team more than they are others, but I think that would be a big mistake. Because I look around this roster and I look around the NFC, which is a big part of this component. And this is not a loaded conference, but this is a very talented roster. And if they can hit the ground running and Dennis Allen shows that he learned from his mistakes that he made in Oakland, why not? And, and I'll be saying that for probably the next couple of weeks and maybe longer after that if the Saints come out playing well this season. Why not? Why not? We look around this league, especially in the NFC, I can pinpoint one major issue with every single contender. Every single one. So why not? 
and we'll see where we go from there. But I, I, I really wanted to come out here and talk about it because I see so much on Twitter from people who never want to give the Saints time of day, but when they finally do, it's so much negativity. It, it, it's, it's so much. And I think part of it is because Saints fans are so passionate that they know if they put that content out there, you, me, all of us are going to react. That's what they get paid for. They get paid for making reactions. But it is frustrating. And we'll see if the Saints can make up, hopefully make them eat their own words. So we'll see what happens from there. But all this talk about Michael Thomas, all this talk about the Saints, so much negativity. And it really is bothering me. But I'll, I'll end it with this. As long as Michael Thomas is healthy and as long as the Saints team's healthy, they got the feelings of a 10-7 ten, ten team to me. Maybe 11-6. and six. I, I've felt this way since probably May. And assuming Jameis' injury is not major, there's no reason for me to change my opinion of this team because there's a lot of talent. And there's a lot of opportunity in a really weak division and a very suspect conference. So I'm curious to see how this season goes. I'm curious to know what you guys think about the New Orleans Saints' potential and where they might be when this season's all said and done. So I want to know what you guys think about Michael Thomas. Give me a realistic and fair stat line. I'm curious to see what you guys say. I'll reply to you guys in the comment section below. And also let me know what you think about the Saints, man. How good can this team be? Do you think this team could compete for a Super Bowl? I think if they're healthy, it's possible. So we'll see what happens there. But let me know about that. Let me know about Michael Thomas. And of course, keep it plugged in here for Boo Crew Media's YouTube page. So much going on, whether it's a Jameis injury, just training camp updates, we'll have you all covered here. So make sure you subscribe. Preseason game coming out this weekend. I'll probably have another podcast done before that comes out. Um, and of course, some short videos as well. So of course, stay tuned for more content from the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Huda. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.